Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show, excited to rewatch and recap it along the way. This week, we are joined by Larissa, founder of the popular blog Eating Gilmore. Larissa is a home cook who's been cooking her way through Gilmore Girls, sharing her experience on her blog and leading interactive cooking experiences on Instagram at Eating Gilmore. She recently finished up season five with German chocolate cupcakes that look absolutely amazing. <laughs> Thank you for joining us to talk about food. Thank you so much for having me here. I am so excited to get to talk to both of y'all today. <laughs> I almost wish we could do this one in person so that we could sample something. <laughs> I know. know, that would be so fun. Um, <laughs> I recently got back from the Gilmore Girls Fan Fest, um, and this oh, nice. girl messaged me one night. She was like, I didn't realize I was standing next to you all day in line <laughs> because you didn't have food with you. <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's like your name tag is just a plate of yeah, cupcakes. Yeah, basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> How was that fan fest? Oh my gosh, it was the most fun. If you guys haven't been before, or if your listeners haven't been, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, for those who might not know, um, there is um, a fabulous woman, Jenny. She hosts the fan fest um, in New England every year, and there's a bunch of cast and crew that worked on the show and you get to meet with them and chat and hang out um, and just meet a lot of really cool people that love this show as much as we do. That sounds so awesome. And this is like the perfect time of year also. It's the Gilmore Girls time of year. (laughs) Yeah, we'll have to try to make that happen, I think, Suzanne. Yeah, (laughs) maybe Maybe next year. Yeah, we'll see you there next year. (laughs) Yeah. I can already tell this interview is going to make me hungry. (laughs) I know. I only had Cheerios for breakfast. (laughs) We'll finish like just before lunchtime. So that's perfect. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, on our podcast every week, we do like a 30 minute talking fast segment to like do a speed recap of the episode. I think you made 30 seconds, Suzanne. (laughs) Did I say 30 minutes? That's a lot of talking. (laughs) (laughs) That's not very speedy. (laughs) Yeah, 30 seconds. (laughs) So since we're not recapping an episode or anything, we thought we would just do like a rapid fire question round with yeah, you sounds good. and we'll push it up to 60 seconds <laughs> um, and see if, how many you can answer. Just like your opinions there. It's not trivia. Or okay. Sounds like that. good. Although so, I have one good? Gilmore Girls trivia in the past, so I could oh, be up for that challenge too. <laughs> That would be such a fun podcast just to do like a full trivia That session. would be really fun. <laughs> okay. Ready, set, go. Pick your favorite, Rory, Lorelai, or Emily. Lorelai, hands down. <laughs> Dean, Jess, or Logan? Okay, gun to my head, Logan, but I have a longer answer for that one. <laughs> we'll come back to it. Max, Christopher, or Luke? Luke. Fall, winter, spring, or summer in Stars Hollow? Winter. Luke's pancake breakfast or Suki's blueberry pancakes? Suki, every time. <laughs> Favorite Stars Hollow Town member? Oh, um, probably the better Miss Patty. Would you rather cook for Michelle or Taylor? Ooh, I- honestly, Michelle. <laughs> Who do you want cooking dinner for you, Luke or Suki? Suki, every time. 
<laughs> Independence Inn or Dragonfly? Dragonfly. Chilton or Yale Years? Chilton. Original series or A Year in the Life? Original, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Perfect. We'll, I'll allow you. I'll remove the figurative gun <laughs> from the rapid fire. Uh, uh, what's your longer so answer for the My full answer for that is I truly do believe um, all of them are right for Rory in that time. Um, I don't think any of them are right for her long-term. Like, I don't even think her and Logan mm-hmm. should end up together. Um, but I think overall, in terms of, like, the healthiness of her relationship with Logan was probably the best. Like, yes, it had problems, but they did learn how to communicate with each other at least mm-hmm. a little bit towards, like, season seven. Um, so I think... Overall, out of the three, they probably got to the best position in the relationship. So that's why that's like always my like, oh, if I have to have to choose. <laughs> yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely have like the most arc. Like her relationship with Dean is uh, pretty much the same throughout. And then it just gets yeah, bad. Yeah, it goes from like <laughs> bad to worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Jess is just like sexual tension and then sadness (laughs) I always say with Jess like see when they're actually together in like season two and three or that Rory's like too good for Jess but then when he gets better in season six and a year in the life he's too good for Rory (laughs) (laughs) yeah like he gets better and she gets worse (laughs) yeah the time doesn't really line up for the two of them yeah uh, and yeah. we've been we're almost done with season two and I'm a bit of a team Logan fan myself so I was like <laughs> interviews like this where I can like share some of that because I've just I'm holding on to it and it will be a while before we get there but yeah I like I really Seasons. like your point about the fitting boyfriends for the phases of her life and the more like adult Rory having the more mature relationship at that point in her time I think makes sense yeah. For a lot of reasons, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so starting with the beginning, when did you start watching Gilmore Girls? Like, did you watch it when it was airing or later on? Kind of both. Um, so I, and, and this is the, oh wait, I love telling this story because the very first episode I ever saw was actually the pilot. Um, I didn't realize it was the pilot at the time and it wasn't at the very beginning. Um, it's actually the scene where Lorelai says the iconic, um, if you're going to throw your life away, he better have a motorcycle. And I was like, ooh, what's this? Because <laughs> um, it was on, uh, when it was um, still airing new seasons, but it was on syndication on ABC Family. Um, so I was home by myself that summer and I watched a lot of it on ABC Family. Um, and I didn't watch too much of it live, like, week by week, um, mostly because I didn't watch a lot of TV after school because I had dance lessons. Um, and so I would kind of catch up over the summer. Um, I watched like really important episodes live, I think. Um, definitely the finale. Um, but I didn't truly really get into it until college. Like I collected all of them on DVD um, in college and then just like kind of never stopped <laughs> watching it after that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it has a tendency to like get its hooks in you and then yes. <laughs> you're a Gilmore Girls fan exactly. for life <laughs> I also wanted to just ask if you did dance have you watched Buttonheads yes. the other Amy Sherman Pelletier yes show? I 
I don't know. I wish Bunhead kind of got the same, like, I feel like Bunhead could have been like Gilmore Girls level if it had like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel money. I just mm -hmm. felt that and Bunheads just didn't have the budget that it needed to really be successful, if that makes sense. It needed the Bezos yeah. bucks. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree. Uh, Bunheads, I've seen a good portion of it, and it has a similar mood and atmosphere as Stars Hollow. I mean, as Gilmore Girls, yeah. but perhaps also the last, it doesn't, have you know stars hall like the community the townspeople maybe that was something but yeah, i really I like so. sutton foster's character and the whole premise of her like the city girl going to teach at the small uh dance studio i think the premise really works yeah you know? i mean you have two greats you have sutton foster and obviously kelly bishop and like mm -hmm. they had amazing chemistry um but i think you're right because they could have absolutely made it almost like a star's hollow because she's in this this weird town and it could play very differently than Gilmore Girls because Lorelai kind of grew up in this weird town so it's a part of her versus a character getting introduced to this sort of quirky town but I don't know it just mm -hmm. never really had that same magic and I think you're right it didn't have the, a lot of those like fun characters with it and I also miss like the the part that we all love about Gilmore Girls are the relationships, right? Emily and uh, Lorelai, Rory and Laura, like all the three generations. Um, and they never really got that with uh, Sutton Foster and Kelly Bishop, like, because they're so, they never had a good relationship before to work back to or working towards. So I think that relationship piece was missing too. Or all yeah. the young dance girls yeah. like I can't really remember if they had any heartthrob boys or anything <laughs> like that but clearly not at the level of the Dean Jess or Logan otherwise I think <laughs> I'd remember right <laughs> mm -hmm. that is like strangely for a show mostly about women one of the main questions people ask about the show is which boy team are you on it's oh like, I know and, <laughs> and it's so interesting too that I always also bring up that you know we're always like debating these three boys but like in the real world most people don't end up with their college or high school boyfriend like people mm -hmm. definitely do but that's yeah. not necessarily the norm um and so like we never really got her adult options except for paul which obviously was the worst of them <laughs> A all option. They didn't even really <laughs> yeah um but I kind of do wish we could have seen Rory with like a more adult relationship to see if she was a better girlfriend as an adult or mm. just all around bad in relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that has me thinking perhaps they were afraid to introduce a new boyfriend seriously in the revival because they know we're all so loyal. So they gave like this non-existent <laughs> Paul like oh sure she's been dating but it wasn't really real yeah. at all <laughs> all right <laughs> back to your experience with Gilmore Girls as a fan re well watching the series for the first time and you mentioned re-watching once you got the DVDs and things like that at what point did you begin to notice food and cooking in the show yeah um I mean it's it's 
always kind of just been there. I always say that it's almost its own character in the show because obviously this very first episode, the Friday night dinners are established and two of the main characters, Suki and Luke are chefs, right? So right there, there's already so much food that's featured in the show and they're always talking about it. Um, I don't think I really piece together how much food and how unique food until I did start this project, um, which was, I had the idea of it uh, this summer of 2020 and um, kind of started that rewatch, kind of looking for it, um, not as like closely with a fine tooth comb that I do now. Um, but when I was starting to think about, could I do this and just realizing how much different food is in there, I was like, okay, I think this could work. Um, and for those who don't know entirely what I do, um, I recreate a dish that's unique for every single episode. So it's not just, oh, I'm making the same things and kind of mm -hmm. skipping episodes. There is a different dish for every episode. And there's several episodes where I have to really struggle to choose between like 10 different things to make, which is just <laughs> a lot of food. <laughs> Has there been an episode where there wasn't much food and you had to like kind of think on your feet? <laughs> yeah, so far there's really only been one that I can think of that there was just like nothing. Um, it was in season three and it's the episode um, where Luke, or not Luke, sorry, um, Alex and Lorelai like go on their first date and they're trying all the different coffees. So I made like a coffee themed cocktail for that episode, but there isn't mm -hmm. any food that's mentioned. Um, that is also where Lorelai does the whole fishing thing and Luke teaches her how to fish. So a lot mm -hmm. of people thought I was going to make that, but she ends up keeping the fish that she catches at the end. So I just felt I was like, well, I'm not going <laughs> to cook the fish that she tried to save. Mm -hmm. um, so I went with that one. Um, and then early on there was an episode where there wasn't a ton of food that excited me. I think there was like meatloaf and fruit puffs <laughs> um, for Cinnamon's Wake. And so my sister really wanted me to make oh, yeah. cinnamon rolls instead. Um, that makes sense. <laughs> so that one was a little more like not directly mentioned in the episode, but still like inspired by it. But I think those are the only two that I haven't really made something like specifically mentioned. Have you ended up like having to make or deciding to make anything like really outside of your comfort zone or like a food genre <laughs> that you've never done before? Yeah, um, so probably the two things out that I never thought I would actually be able to accomplish that I'm like most proud of skill wise. Um, the first one that I did, and it's still my favorite thing, probably the best thing that I've ever made is Suki's pretzel basket mm -hmm. um, from season two. Somehow I made that on the first try, which I still to this day don't understand how that, <laughs> that happened. Um, because the other one that was really challenging um, was the tassel hat cake mm. um, for her graduation. Cause that one took me five times to get. Oh, <laughs> um, in terms of like food that I make that I may not necessarily like because I am choosing what I make um, for the most part, I just pick stuff that I know I'm going to like. 
Um, there's been a couple of things like I don't actually really like ketchup. Um, so like when I made the Santa burger, I didn't like that because it's all ketchup. Um, and then I used mayonnaise for it, but Luke uses cream cheese and I don't understand why, because cream cheese in a burger just does not sound appealing to me like at all. (laughs) I do like blue cheese, but then he'd have a blue beard, so... (laughs) (laughs) It'd be something different. (laughs) I think it's so true what you said earlier about food being its own character on the show, because as you were listing those dishes, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember all of those. (laughs) (laughs) And we have just been recapping season two. So the tisket, a tasket basket and the tassel hat cake are both things that we kind of were like awed by. Uh, so can you talk about your experience making those? And uh, we were debating uh, specifically for the tassel hat cake when they mentioned espresso beans. What was your take on that? Are they like in the cake or I maybe you have some insight? <laughs> yeah, so this was actually the way. So that was always in my he- in my head to include that. Um. And what I ended up doing actually made that part really, really easy. Um, So I originally was going to make the like actual hat part that like goes on your head um, Mm -hmm. in a bowl. And so I was making like parchment paper lined in, in it. And so I was trying to bake it, but then it just, it wasn't coming out of the bowl easily. Um, or it wasn't rising in the way that I wanted it to. So I ended up having the idea to use a bunt pan um, to still give it that rounded dome effect. Um, and then there's a hole in the center. So it was super easy afterwards to just dump the beans into that hole. Um, and then I used um, a, those foam uh, poster boards and I made a very, very thin one that I used as the like, motorboard part and place that on top um so that honestly made it really easy to stuff it I didn't use I think she Suki puts in like two pounds in the Mm. center so I didn't (laughs) use that many Mm because that's a lot of espresso beans um but I was able to fill it because of the hole in the center so that actually made it easier Mm. oh wow genius (laughs) (laughs) yeah that sounds like not something you'd want to eat at the end of the night also Maybe more like a breakfast cake so that you're not staying up all night (laughs) from the coffee. (laughs) Something else I think you've made that we discussed early on is Suki's famous risotto. Oh, yes. (laughs) I think you probably made that a long time ago because you finished season five recently. But do you remember what makes it so magical? Because it was a big deal in that episode. It hurt her pride, you know, the food critic. (laughs) I try. I was like, okay, well, what's going to make this like extra special? So I um, kind of did three things. Um, I um, used like a really, really high end cheese instead of just like Parmesan. I did the like Parmigiano, Reggiano. I don't know. I'm not Italian. I don't know how to say it. Oh yeah. Reggiano. Um, (laughs) But like the really, really nice cheese. So just to add it like a, because like Parmesan is good, but if you have it, it's just like higher level. I was like, okay, Suki's gourmet. She's going to use this high end cheese. Um, and then I used, um, 
I don't remember the the name of it. I'll have to go back to my thing and find it easier. Right, it was a long time ago. Um, but also like a really high quality wine. And normally, like when I cook with wine, I use the cheap stuff because I'm like, this feels it's not wasting it, but it feels like wasting it. Um, yeah. but I was like, okay, well, this is high magic risotto. I'm gonna use a high end wine. Um, and then I think the thing that really take took it over the edge. Um, I really love fried sage leaves on any mm, kind of yeah. pasta and it just adds like an I don't know it just takes the flavor profile to a new level and so those are kind of my three things to just kind of make this a little bit more magical um although I don't know if you guys know this but I'm currently hosting a um food challenge where people are like making stuff from the show um, and someone did make their own risotto and they added mushrooms to it. And I know mushrooms are controversial, but I really love <laughs> mushrooms. And I'm like, mm, that was a good touch to making it a little bit more magical. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds so good. Mushrooms with like anything that's kind of creamy is just like, and sage also, mm -hmm. that would be such a good combination. It's like decadent that for sure. Delicious. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've only had risotto a couple of times, but I'm not a great cook and just like, the, I I know that it's a complicated and like time consuming thing to make, so I just it's like, actually not too I haven't bad. Even tried. I think where people kind of get the idea that it is more complicated or stressed about it is so you basically add liquid to it o over time, so it takes about like thirty to forty minutes, um, and every like ten minutes you're supposed to add more like um, chicken broth or wine or combination of the two. And it's hard because that last little bit, it's really just kind of eyeballing it um, because mm -hmm. every time is different and it's how much the like rice absorbs the liquid. But what I would just do is just kind of add like a few little tablespoons at a time for that last round and taste it every time. And once it tastes, you know, cooked and creamy, then you've got it. I believe in you. It's really, it sounds hard, but it really isn't too hard. <laughs> Maybe Suzanne well, and I will have to I'll get together <laughs> and make it and then share it with you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> what is something that you definitely would suggest like somebody who's not a great cook make that's still like fun and like very quintessentially Gilmore yeah, girls so in your mind. I always see, think, and these are some of my favorite things to make and just kind of experiment with um, our cookies um, because, you know, you can really play around with the flavors on that and it's uh, to its core, you've got your basic um, recipe and I've got some really fun ones, um, just kind of simple, but I've really gotten into using browned butter for cookies. I think that just kind of takes the um flavor to the next level but um one of my favorite things that I've made so far are Suki's um this is season four so I know y'all haven't gotten there watching it um but her caramel chocolate marshmallow cookies um sounds good <laughs> so good they're pretty easy to make um you just gotta chill them for a bit um to let the dough firm up but they taste like super rich very luxurious so you can like pretend you're a gourmet baker and it's easy <laughs> that sounds so good yeah. I'm gonna try Yay. that out it sounds like perfect for the holidays yeah, for sure. and like winter fall kind of baking yeah. also what has your process been writing recipes because I I know from 
I watching all these cooking shows, you know, it's like it's one thing <laughs> to make these things and then feed someone, but to actually write a recipe that other people can try to make, I'm sure is a challenge. So what is that like creating your own recipes? Yeah. So I kind of just start by um, doing research on recipes that already exist uh, for the thing that I'm making um, for the most part and just kind of pulling things that I really like from each one um, and going from there. Now, there are plenty of things that I am not an expert on making myself um, bread making for sure. That one's a, definitely a, a more difficult baking. Um, so if it's ever a recipe where I, you know, I only tweaked it a little bit or I used it like directly 100%, I'll always credit that recipe maker on my blog because that's beyond my expertise level. Um, but usually when I'm making it out, um, if I do it the first time through and I'll just like kind of write notes about my process as I try it out. Um, sometimes I'll do like a quarter or half batch and test it out, um, especially when it's more of the like desserty things where you can kind of play around a little bit more to get it right. Um, so I'll make a very small version and then just when I'm writing it out for my website to just expand the ingredient list basically. That sounds I don't know. It sounds like a, a level of like science and just like creativity <laughs> meshed together that I is just very admirable. admirable. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I guess we do something similar when we write papers. <laughs> We're both in grad yeah. school. So, you know, you do a little research, you credit people, then you write something, you play around with it a bit and voila. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are you guys uh, in grad school for? Um, we're both doing PhDs in English literature. Oh, that's amazing. I, fields, um, <laughs> I live, my sister, I live with my sister. She, um, will probably get her PhD in the same thing one day. She has, um, both her, uh, bachelor's and master's in English as well. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. So she yeah. might talk about <laughs> books in the show yes. <laughs> more yeah. than food. Yes. <laughs> there are plenty of both. They seem to be like books or pop culture, books and music, and then food are like the obsessions of yes. the show. <laughs> They're talked about so much. <laughs> Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That kind of brings me to a question. So we've talked a lot about like making the food from the show and you mentioned this a bit earlier, but what do you think um, is the role of food in the show? You mentioned that it's like kind of a character into itself 
and it seems so like integral to what happens each episode and to the different characters themselves and all of that for sure that's such a really good question um I definitely think it kind of serves as this common ground for all of them especially when there is this like relationship turmoil um because you know even when tensions are high at the Gilmore mansion it's over dinner right and so that food kind of serves as a stabilizer almost um I mean there's several scenes where you know they change the conversation to food to kind of get off of the like high tension um even in the like one that we all love the uh 613 the friday nights are right for fighting in that like crazy jump cut <laughs> yeah um <laughs> they like cut and they're like oh the passion fruit so Bay is so lovely right <laughs> um and you know when the they're going through something really hard like they always kind of go back to food right when Rory and Dean break up for the first time, Lorelai's like, oh, eat ice cream. Or mm-hmm. um, whenever, um, you know, they're like, at the end of the day, they're like, okay, we're going to go to Luke's and like feel better over burgers. So I kind of feel like food, in the way that Gilmore Girls is our comfort, food is their comfort, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just had a thought of like the times when food is also like, bad or uncomfortable and I was thinking in season three of the dance marathon episode and like the only food that's available at the dance marathon (laughs) is Mrs. Kim's like tofu egg salad sandwich glue (laughs) and it's like it can it can also be a destroyer (laughs) they should have known nothing good could happen that night if they just looked at what was being served (laughs) I really I really like the idea of like food as the common ground and the Friday night dinner as the example of that and like the deflection of talking about food. Um, And I, that just also made me think about like the uh, different kinds of food too that like Emily serves versus what Lorelai and Rory would eat themselves. So sometimes they're even like making fun of the food that like, (laughs) It's like signifying Emily's, you know, certain like class and taste level, right? That she serves like this fancy stuff. But even then, like sometimes Lorelai and Emily really like it. Like we just watched an episode where uh, Lorelai stole all the rolls <laughs> like in her purse. Or even if they're like they're making fun of it, it's still that shared space of like talking about food and it's still bringing them together you know yeah and there's a couple of episodes too um like when Rory gets stuck there in season one with the snow and they make the frozen Mm -hmm. pizza and Emily is like it's so new to her and fun and then when she goes to the food court in season four um so when she tries more like commoner food too we get to see this more like human (laughs) side of her um yeah, like all the dishes that I've made for her have been like fancy. Like I did a raspberry souffle and lobster thermidor. Um, so yeah, she it definitely shows that like class difference in the generations for sure. Do you have any thoughts on the differences between Luke's cooking and Suki's cooking? I know earlier um, in the rapid fire, you said like Suki every time or something yeah. like that. And I think... Um, I'm just thinking about, as you had said, it's really interesting that there's two chefs as like 
main characters in the show. So I guess it's just a fairly general open question about the differences and maybe similarities between Sookie and Luke and Luke and their approaches and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, um, I think just when I say Suki every time, I think just overall, like out of, obviously I've made a lot of both of their food um, and hers, I always love. Some of her dishes mm-hmm. have just been my favorites every time. Um, and I just think with her creativity, um, it's always just something a little bit more special, right? For him, it's just like, and here's a cherry damage, which like is good and fine. But for her, it's like, okay, well, here's a chocolate amaretto mousse cake. Like it just, it's a little <laughs> bit, you know, mm-hmm. more special and fancier, and which I think is like her supposedly like gourmet background in the way she approaches cooking. Um, like, don't get me wrong, like loose is definitely good, but it's just, it's simple. It's more like the everyday things, whereas hers just feel like more special occasion type of dishes so if I I had the day to spend in Stars Hollow like that's definitely a special occasion and why I would pick her yeah (laughs) we just watched an episode where Luke changed his breakfast special to a different kind of omelet (laughs) yeah (laughs) I'm thinking about your point about the it's like yeah, he offers the staples, the basics. It's often very similar, reliable. And I think that the Lorelai, girl, the Lorelai and Rory appreciate that because they make a whole big deal about this small change. And we talk, we use that to talk a little bit about their aversion to change. So it's like maybe part of Luke's appeal is the fact that he doesn't really riff or go out there. But that mm-hmm. is Sookie's appeal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, he's more of a, like, I'm sure that the stuff he makes, even though it's not adventurous, is all, like, really good. Like, he's kind of perfected it, but he's he's definitely not trying anything new except maybe once every 12 exactly. years Exactly, so. and then if, some, like, Caesar <laughs> tries to experiment, he gets all mad. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even, like, what, when Lorelai was helping out when he his uncle died (laughs) and she was making all those funny names for all the food and stuff and it was just like there's there's only so much that luke can deal with i know you're gonna take him over the edge yeah it really helps like build up the characters the characteristics of all of them like you understand more about how luke deals with his relationships and all of that just based off of how he also deals with food and same with suki i think to a degree She's way more kind of willing to have different relationships, yeah. like different uh, relationships that aren't necessarily 100% the norm. Like hers and Jackson's relationship is <laughs> a very exciting, kind of tumultuous, but utterly loving one. And that, that just seems like her cooking also. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then even if you look at um, like the cooking that like Lorelai does and the food she eats like obviously that doesn't necessarily say a lot about her character but um just of like what she you know prioritizes other things like relationships her job and things like that um and so her cooking is just very much like (laughs) non-existent um but she has still like managed to wrap herself up with people who exactly. Cook. <laughs> so she's like still taken care of and still well fed because all the important people in her life 
will take care of her. And I think that also says about her relationships too. Like, yes, she's an independent woman, but she still needs these relationships to be able to function. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. For her nourishment and also her (laughs) like emotional fulfillment. (laughs) There's, you know, a lot of like joy with eating in the show. A lot of people who like love eating, but then in the like in the fandom or as we watch it there is occasionally like criticism about the way food and eating is portrayed in the show Mm -hmm. uh do you have any thoughts about that or any specific characters with relationships to food that stand out to you as um, a potential place of like critique um I don't know if it's necessarily a character I think um and I know there's definitely been conversations about this of you know they eat like crap all the time and they're obviously very thin beautiful women um mm-hmm. and there is a lot and it I feel like it was honestly more in the revival with like the body shaming jokes um mm-hmm. in you know 2016 like that definitely was not something that was as accepted as it was in the early 2000s but they did it anyway um and that's definitely something I have a problem with um, just in general, but especially when you are, you know, okay, well, we can eat whatever and it doesn't affect us and we won't gain weight from it, but we're going to make fun of people where it does affect them. And I think that's, mm-hmm. you know, really good. Um, and there's obviously other things that they do on the show, like the representation is not there. Um, they do make, you know, gay jokes and they make um, ableist jokes a lot of the times. And so I think a really important thing that fans need to do is, you know, critique something that they love for when it is problematic and not just be like, oh, well, I just love it. So it's, you know, excused from its mistakes. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we definitely need to have the conversations because it isn't perfect by any means. Yeah, definitely. We come from a similar place on our podcast. Like we share a lot of love, but then we also like voice critiques as well. Um, Coming from a very similar place as you, I think. Yeah. (laughs) I was also thinking there are a couple like restrictive characters in how they eat. Like Michelle, we always see on diets. And then we also see Mrs. Kim like in part of her strictness is like borne out by how she feeds lane or like allows lane to eat um and it's just it's interesting how restrictive they are as opposed to Lorelai and Rory's like kind of there's no there's nothing they can't eat and that nothing that they won't eat unless it's like fancy or organ (laughs) or something like that yeah for sure um yeah, the the Michelle stuff for definitely is interesting. Um, that that's almost like it's in another thing that I think is frustrating. One of the only characters of color, and he kind of gets his only plots are oh well, he gets annoyed at everything and he doesn't eat bad food. Like those are his, and he loves Celine Dion. Mm-hmm. Like those are his three plot <laughs> points essentially. Um, and you know, and same thing. The Kims are the only the other main characters of color, mm-hmm. and they're the ones that have these more like restrictive um, eating storylines. So that right there is also a problem. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. I hadn't even like put together the fact that they're also just the two like representations of minorities yeah. on the show, mm-hmm. and therefore the people who aren't allowed to eat with abandon. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> 
there are so many things to love about this show, but then there are also very yeah. mm-hmm. a lot of things to be like. Really? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, you decided to do yeah. that. And it, it, you could say like, oh, well, it was like the times back then, but then we got the year in the life, and it, like I said, mm-hmm. there was stuff that it did like even worse at um, mm-hmm. in more quote unquote modern times. Um, I don't think saying it was of the time is ever an excuse. Um, but to see that it got worse in some regards was really like hard to watch. What are your thoughts about the revival in general? Are you, did you enjoy it? Did you, are you well, in the camp have of another hour? Uh, people who disliked it? <laughs> no, um, I'll, 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 I'll keep this fairly brief. Um, overall, I did like it and I'm glad that it happened. It was really lovely to kind of reconnect with um our favorite characters in our favorite place again after so long um i had um i like to say it was like in a religious experience but essentially i like <laughs> turned off all the lights i turned my phone off um i had um so you know it was the four seasons so i lit a mm-hmm. different like candle for each one that was like oh nice that's genius um, had all the food or whatever um and so Obviously, there was a lot that frustrated me, and I think giving it some space and re- like rewatching it a couple times, there's things that I- I'm a little bit more understanding of, namely um, Rory's career stuff over the years. That one has settled with me a little bit easier. I didn't like the like her and Logan cheating stuff. Um, and I know a lot of people will say, oh, well, she's in her 30s, like she should have her career figured out more um and now that I'm in my 30s I'm like oh, you know people like change careers. <laughs> that's, like, sure. that's normal um I think she was a little like I I didn't like the plot where she didn't have any ideas for her when she went into an interview and completely take that I was like mm, as a journalist like you should have story ideas um and then someone I always say this now because someone brought this point up that I think is really important and not a lot of people talk about when they talk about Rory so Richard dies right before it starts and that is essentially other than Luke but that's really her main father figure and she just lost that so naturally she is going to spiral in her own grief Mm -hmm. some um, and we don't really give her any sort of um, grace with that Um, I also didn't really like that Luke and Lorelai still had the same communication problems that they've always had. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, it's been 10 years and y'all still don't talk about these things. Okay. Um, and then just absolutely hated Stars Hall, the musical. I skipped that and whenever I rewatch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely agree about, especially about Rory stuff. Um, I, I was super frustrated with her watching it. And I feel like she would have slightly more of an idea like when she does go into the interview she should have you know been prepared there's no excuse for not going to an interview prepared and we see like we're with we're with like you know Chilton Rory right now as we might say and she it's hard to picture her being unprepared for something you know like even if she didn't really want that job like Rory knows how to prepare right yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a really good point though about Rory mourning Richard I myself hadn't really thought about that at all and I think we see that 
Emily, clearly her plot line is really about Richard yeah. and Lorelai to an extent as well. We see like Rory go to write the book at the Gilmore's and she like looks at his painting, but that's about it, I would say. Yeah. So I think that's a really good, I think I'm, I'm definitely going to think about that once we yeah, re-watch if it. you do yeah. rewatch it, if you look at it through that lens, not the Logan stuff, because I don't think there's ever an excuse for that. Um, mm-hmm. But all the other stuff kind of make a little bit more sense if you watch it through her in some sort of like grief spiral. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And even a little bit with Lorelai and the therapy, which I didn't really like their portrayal of therapy in that as well. <laughs> yeah. um, mm-hmm. But if you also look at through that lens a little bit, it kind of explains sort of the Lorelai stuff. Um, but with her and Luke, I'm like, you guys are in your fifties, maybe sixties. And you're just now talking about if you're going to have kids or not like that didn't Mm -hmm. make any sense. It's like, I'm sorry, Amy Sherman Palladino, but she really just wanted to pretend like that 10 years hadn't happened almost. It's like, she wanted to write that and ignored season seven. I think similar with Logan and Rory too, like, um, to recreate that ending that she always had planned. I don't think the ending she had fit after 10 years. Exactly. Like it took on a different, mm-hmm. like it's not such a cliffhanger that Rory is pregnant in her 30s. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like oh, that can happen. Right. And that's what I said. Like, well, that does happen. It's so much less likely for an unplanned pregnancy, 32 versus 22. <laughs> or it just takes on a different connotation. Yeah. It's just a very different life stage. Exactly. Um, but were there any notable like food moments in the revival that you noticed? <laughs> so I am going to be doing um, food from the revival. Um, I haven't really planned out everything that I'm making yet. Um, I, but I'm either going to do like three or four dishes for each season since they're longer than the regular so episodes. Um, there is that, I think it's like a nut or something whatever they're like waiting in line for oh, in yeah. spring oh right <laughs> um and then there's um the cookies that um I don't know if you all allow cussing but when she says bullshit <laughs> um <laughs> in the last episode she's like eating cookies so I'm gonna make Emily's bullshit cookies <laughs> oh that's so Sounds awesome great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So moving away from our tangent about the, <laughs> the re- reboot, um, this episode is going to be airing right around Thanksgiving. So we were wondering, Thanksgiving happens not every single season, yeah. but they like have it many seasons. Have you made any Thanksgiving meals from the show or any like specific uh, dishes? And what, what did you like yeah, or dislike sure. about doing that um, in the process? So I did for like the ultimate one, the Korean Thanksgiving, deep fried Korean Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, I made the pancetta and chestnut stuffing that like Suki wanted oh, to make. Sounds good. Which was mm. fabulous. I made it in the summer, so I need to like make it in the fall where it's just like <laughs> the vibes. Um, everyone was like, oh, we're going to do the deep fried turkey. And I'm like, it's just me and my sister here. Like, I'm not going to deep fry a whole turkey yeah. too much. Um, but if anyone does um, deep fry their turkey this year, please tag me because I want to see those. Um, for the um, Bracebridge dinner, so that's not 
technically a Thanksgiving mm. episode, but it kind of feels like one. Um, Suki makes a butternut squash soup. Um, so I made that Delicious. and it was really good. Um, and then her, for me, like fall is just soup weather. Like I could eat soup every day in the fall. Um, her zucchini soup for the dragonfly opening that they all like sleep in the zucchini patch. Um, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> that one also was really good. So I would probably recommend those three as like maybe a Thanksgiving side dish. Mm -hmm. for yeah, dessert, I love butternut squash. Um, I do have an apple pie uh, dish that I made. Um, actually, for the dance marathon, I didn't make the egg eggless egg salad. Um, <laughs> Can't blame you. I just couldn't do yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh, that makes sense. <laughs> awesome. That's exciting. Thanksgiving is such like a the first season. Thanksgiving is kind of a weird affair they have like that pageant going on in town yeah. and then isn't that the kiss and yep. tell episode with <laughs> and then yeah sometimes there's there's food in other ones but yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so we also as we're kind of getting towards the end we wanted to ask you um you do a lot of like community building and stuff I think on Instagram and with your blog yeah. And you're doing that challenge right now. I think by the time this airs, that might have just finished. But <laughs> can you tell us about like your experience with the fandom, with building that community and the challenges? Yeah, you so um, this kind of just happened very organically. It wasn't something that I was like, oh, I need to also do this with my page. Um, and it's kind of just like grown on its own, but it's been so much fun. Um, so when I am doing um episode by episode um I kind of make it a week affair um so every day kind of has their assigned day so we'll do like fashion polls so I'll share um different screen caps from the episodes and people uh, that follow me or don't follow me but um they'll go to my Instagram stories and vote um and then we'll do like your favorite and your least favorite Scene from the episode. Um, we do episode polls, so like polarizing opinions, because um, everyone mm -hmm. loves to debate uh, this show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then probably my favorite one, honestly, although I do like the fashion. Uh, everyone get, tries to guess what I make, um, so it's mm -hmm. really fun. I used to share everyone's guesses, but um, now I get so many that it's hard to share all of those. Um, but because there is so much food that even though I make something different every single episode, there's still a lot of stuff that I'm not making. Um, and people get really creative with their guesses. Um, and I'm like, man, I wish I had thought of that. <laughs> um, but then the actual challenge that I just hosted, um, and who knows, I could be doing one um, in, a, in a future season. Um, but basically, for the first eight weeks of fall, um, every week, there is a different theme for people to kind of make their own Gilmore Girls food. Um, so we just kicked off week three as we're recording this um, and the theme is coffee, coffee, coffee. Um, so everyone is sharing either their morning coffee or using coffee as an ingredient um, for their dish. Um, and so I um, was inspired by another Instagram. I definitely give her a follow. Um, it is the need to read and she spells need as like kneading dough. 
Um, oh, clever. She does <laughs> yeah. a lot of um, book food. So she's kind of what I'm doing, but instead of Gilmore Girls, it's from the book she's reading. Um, and she mm-hmm. hosted one over the summer and it was just, I was like, oh my gosh, it's so brilliant. I was like, can, and I asked her, I was like, can I do this for fall? Um, and she was like, absolutely. That would be so much fun. Um, and so it's just kind of a cool way to get everyone kind of cooking Gilmore Girls food. Um, because again, I will say this a million times, it's such an integral part of the show. Um, and mm-hmm. so you kind of get that fun experience because people are sharing it like, oh, I'm having these like pumpkin muffins while I'm watching it. Um, Cause I don't know about you, but I always get hungry when I'm watching the show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I've been watching your Instagram stories and seeing all the things that people are making. And it's just like, this is so yeah, cool. It's, mm-hmm. it's like a whole <laughs> Gilmore Girls food movement. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what are some ways that, um, I don't know, you might not know what you have planned going forward, mm-hmm. but that people can like really engage with what you're doing and uh, where can people find you and all that kind of yeah, stuff? Yeah, so um, I'm mostly on Instagram and TikTok. Um, so you can follow me at those places at Eating Gilmore. Um, and then my blog with all of my recipes is eatinggilmore.com. Um, so if this is coming out um, around Thanksgiving, I'll have just be starting season six. Um, so oh, if so you exciting. <laughs> um, want to play all of the Instagram games, those will be coming back for season six, um, which I'm really excited about because I feel like that's very polarizing time on the show um, and some really good clothes. Some of Rory's best outfits, in my opinion, are her season six (laughs) outfits. Yeah. Is that the season when she um, is living with Emily and Richard? So she's got like the DAR. um, I don't remember exactly what decade. Oh, the 1940s. USO. Yeah, 1940s. Yeah. And the Birkenbeck. Yeah, that's bag. such an iconic. Yeah, <laughs> Birkenbeck. You can make a Birkenbeck cake. I sometimes oh gosh, wa- I watched that. There was like a Netflix cake show that was like, oh, uh, yeah. I don't remember what it's called, but it was like faking, making cakes that look like other things. Uh, I think I'll, I'll stick with the, the graduation hat. That was, that was challenging. Yeah, enough. that's enough. <laughs> yeah, quit while you're ahead with the yeah. cakes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for having, I mean, coming around and chatting with us about food. It's really been a blast yeah. and I'm, I'm ready for lunch now. Me too. <laughs> yeah. We have met super well, but thank you guys so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for coming. <laughs> we'll see you on Eating Gilmore Instagram. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs>